Five, seven, four, two verses of crown him with many crowns. Five, seven, four. Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who set us free. And hail him as your heavenly king through all eternity. Crown him the Lord of life who triumphed o'er the grave and rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save. His glories now we sing who died and rose on high who died eternal life to bring and lives that death may die. This is a reading from the book of Revelations. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon, under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. But then another sign appeared in the sky. It was a huge red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and on its head, and on its head seven diadems. And its tail swept away a third of the stars in the sky and threw them down to the earth. And then the dragon stood before the woman about to give birth to devour her child when she gave birth. And she gave birth to a male child destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. Her child was caught up to God and to his throne, and the woman herself fled into the desert where she had a place prepared by God that she would be cared for for 1260 days. And then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought the dragon, and the dragon fought back, but the dragon was overwhelmed and could not prevail, and therefore there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And so the huge dragon, the ancient serpent, who is called the devil, Satan, the great deceiver of the world, was thrown down to this earth and all of the devil's angels as well. And when the dragon saw that it had been thrown down to the earth, it pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the wings of the great eagle so that she could fly to her place in the desert where far from the serpent she would be cared for for a year, two half years, and a half. The serpent, however, spewed water out of its mouth in order to drown the woman in the current. But the earth helped the woman and opened its mouth and swallowed the flood that the dragon spewed forth from its mouth. And then the dragon became very angry with this woman and therefore waged war against the rest of her offspring, those who hear the word of God and bear witness to Jesus Christ, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, and please know that I'm glad you're here, but you all sound ridiculous. I just read this horrific account in the book of Revelations that people don't understand because it's not supposed to be factual but symbolic of a great battle between the evil one trying to eat a baby, devour the baby when it's born. Sound familiar to some lawmakers? And then the dragon tried to kill this woman 
But your parish patron, St. Michael, kicked the devil out of heaven, is now running around on earth, and it said, is going to wage war against the rest of her offspring. That's all of you, those who hear the word of God and keep it. And you people said, thanks be to God. I mean, seriously, you are happy about that? You're grateful that the devil is now going to attack you? And so let me just start off with this mission, realizing that evil is real. And that's why I want to start with the prayer that is literally the most powerful prayer the church has to offer. It is a prayer that protected a woman from getting attacked from a man. This prayer can turn a sinner into a saint just like that. This prayer is still used in the ritual of exorcisms because evil is real. You see it on the See it on the news, you see it in Hollywood. But people, please don't be afraid of Hollywood evil because that's ridiculous. If someone's head spins around and vomits on you, get the heaven out of that room. That's all there is to it. So don't be afraid if the devil is ugly and says, I'm gonna eat your face. Be afraid if the devil is sexy and says, come here, big boy. That's when you should be afraid of the devil. So I think we need to pray. Will you be willing to pray this prayer with me? Yes. I'm sorry, what? Yes. Okay, good. I mean, this is a church, by the way, so I mean, I wanted to make sure, because frankly, guess what? I can't force you to pray. I mean, I know that some of you were forced to come here tonight, <laughs> but you know that I can't force you to pray. The only person who can actually pray this prayer is you. So will you pray this prayer with me? Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's the prayer. And you're all thinking, dang, can homilies be that short too? <laughs> right? I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? And some Catholics even think I'm being disrespectful when I say that that is the most powerful prayer because it's so short. But it's true. This is the most powerful prayer we've got. I told you that this prayer could turn a sinner into a saint. Like, I don't know, maybe you, sinner, right here. You, what's your name, sinner? Austin, stand up, Austin. Hey, never mind, you can sit down, Austin, okay? No, stand up, stand up. Get up here, Austin. Austin, how old are you, Austin? 16. You're 16? What do you eat? All right, never mind, but... <laughs> so let's just pretend that Austin comes to me for a confession. And he confesses his sins, all of them, <laughs> including the ones you're too embarrassed to talk about with these people. And you come to me, and I absolve Austin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which means at that point, Austin is no longer just a hormone-infested 16-year-old. <laughs> at that moment, literally, Austin is a saint in the making. You're welcome. Have a seat. No, don't applaud Austin. He hasn't, he's not done anything. He hasn't gone to confession to me yet, all right? Does anyone have keys? Uh, not a key fob, but actual keys, real quick. Keys to a car? I'm not going to steal it. I just want to see keys. Okay, great. All right, uh, great. Oh, nice car. But all right, so um, I taught martial arts. You know that. And I taught women self-defense. You might not know that. And I taught women how to protect themselves against anyone who's going to attack them. So I basically would teach them that if they're coming back from their, I don't know, their little classes in yoga, be careful with that, or, you know, in, um, with Pilates or whatever you do, aerobics, jazzercise, remember that? So if you guys are coming back from the gym or late at night from the grocery store and you're a little nervous and feeling kind of creepy because people are scamming on you, just keep your keys in your fist just like this so you could get to your car quickly but if anyone even messes with you you could be like i am wolverine i mean look you could do some that's all i needed it for right that's it because i wanted to show you what a woman jogging through a park did not do why would she have her keys like that jogging through a park and unfortunately there was a man who was in the bushes watching her 
and waiting. And if you think the thought enough, it will become action. And unfortunately, one day, it became action. He grabbed her, took her into the woods, and was going to harm her dignity. You figured that out. It happens. And in the struggle, she told this priest this story, so it's got to be true. And therefore, she got a hand free. I would have told her, if you get a hand free in the struggle, you punch that guy in the throat. You palm up his nose. You spit in his eye. You, you do anything you can to get out of that situation. You know what she did with her free hand? And freaked the guy out. <laughs> Probably thought she was like a nun or something, right? And by the way, do not mess with nuns. Not because of the stupid stereotype that somehow nuns are mean, because nuns aren't mean. They got to be tough, because if you're trying to raise a saint, you can't be a wimp. But if she was a nun and he backed off, it's only because he knows what a nun is. A nun is a bride of Christ. You mess with her, you deal with him. And he wants to protect us. This prayer makes my 100-year-old grandmother, who I buried three weeks ago, makes her watch baseball. Even though she was losing her mind, she liked baseball. And she became more like a child. And she wasn't a mean old lady. And I think it's because her children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren were always with her, combing her hair, putting on makeup, perfume, saying, you're so beautiful, grandma. You know what? We just got to take better care of all life, including all children, even if they are older. Remember, Christ says, you're not going to get to heaven unless you become like a child. So there's going to be a time in our lives when we're going to have to have someone take care of us, like when we were children. But anyway, my grandmother would watch baseball, and she would wait until a guy took a couple practice swings. And if he even made a quick little, she's like, I like him, he's Catholic. I mean, literally, this prayer literally says it all. But we don't know the power of this prayer because we've not tapped into it. Saints have tapped into this prayer. We haven't. I've seen you, especially at the early morning mass. This is what you all look like at the holy water font. Do you even know where this prayer came from? Probably not, so I will tell you. It came about in the year 300s when Christianity was not made legal. It was just they were legally protected by a great emperor named Constantine of Rome. He wasn't Catholic. His mother was a Christian. Constantine, however, knew that in order for a civilization to be great, he needed to offer religious freedom. Doesn't that sound familiar? Where people, no matter what your religion, can practice it without being persecuted, even by other religions. Doesn't that sound familiar? And so, unfortunately, Rome was growing, and there was a man named Maxentius who wanted to take over Rome. So there was a big battle over the Melvian Bridge, and its foundation still exists in Rome. So if you want to ever come with me on a pilgrimage, available at fatherleofeeds.com travel. You basically will see this bridge foundation, and remember the bridge is key to winning a battle. Unfortunately, though, Constantine had been fighting battle after battle, and so he and his warriors were tired, and Maxentius was crazy, makes Isis look like a sissy. But thankfully, Constantine's mother was praying for her son. That's what mothers do. He actually wrote down that he received a dream or a message or he heard an inspiration, and it was this, in hoc signo vincis. It's a Latin phrase. That's what they all spoke. That's still, by the way, the universal language of the Catholic Church. Pretty cool, but we don't even know it. But at one point, even dogs understood Latin. So let's work on it ourselves. But in hoc signo, in this sign, vincis, you will be victorious. And what was that sign? It was an axe pulsing. And he knew that that was the Greek letter for key. And then what came out looked like a pea, 
Check out on your back wall. That's what it was. It was the key row. The first two letters of the word Christo, he thought, this must be my mother's God, this Jesus who I do not know, but she does. So I am going to take that sign and put it on my armor, on my helmets, on our shields, on our flags. And they marched into battle. And they looked fashionable. They looked awesome. But they also looked stupid. People, think about this. If this was a wall to protect me, but I had a big cross on my forehead. <laughs> did you see what he just did? He literally turned all of his forces into a target. Which is why we don't pray this prayer well. Because when you do this, it's almost as if God said, you called. <laughs> and God is looking at you. God sees you. We don't like being seen for our goodness. Who wants to be known as a goody two-shoe? We're afraid almost to prove that we know and love Jesus Christ. It, this prayer is actually evident in how we view that certain Wednesday five weeks ago when you all walked around with a big smudge of the cross on your forehead and people who aren't Catholic are looking at you like, you got dirt on your face. <laughs> and so to those people I say, you looking at my ash? Because they are. And therefore, you got to know something. When you say this prayer, God is looking right at you. You. Front row you. Never sitting there again, you. Let's all look at you. My God, she's turning purple, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that the most horrific feeling? that everyone is looking at you. But you know what? At one point in our life, we did not fear being looked at. In fact, we craved being looked at. But these days, no one wants God to be looking at me because if God is looking at me, maybe God is looking at me like this. You know, that same look that parents give to their kids when they're acting like idiots at church, you know? That was the look my mom and dad had to just do one. And I prayed. But that's not true. You see, the scriptures are clear that when God sees us, he sees us as the apple of his eye. And that's a powerful image. Parents, you know that look. When your babies were first born, you looked at that child as if that child was the apple of your eye. The look on your face was amazing. I liked watching parents. There were these kids that did the reading at the 9 o'clock mass this morning. The parents were sitting there. The look on their face was like... <laughs> and that's why when you were first born, your parents had that apple in their eye look. They just brought you home, placed you in the crib, and just looked at you. Is she breathing? <laughs> and why were you looking at that baby? Because that baby, here's the second thing you gotta learn about becoming a saint. First, we're not afraid to be seen for our goodness and our love of Jesus Christ. The second thing, that baby was beautiful. That baby looked like an alien chicken nugget. But that baby was beautiful. And so you got to realize the second thing about being a saint. You got to be beautiful. Don't be ugly Catholics. Show the world who our beauty is. I've met saints 
And therefore, the reason why we're looking at you is because you're beautiful. And God is looking at you because you're beautiful. And we don't like even being known for being good and beautiful. But when you were a kid, you craved it. You would run into the kitchen and you'd be like, Mom and Dad, look at me. Look at what, look at what I can do. Look, 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 look. And you'd be like, what? What can you do? And you'd be like, look, look. And you were so excited about that. And then you got a little older and you still wanted mom and dad to look at you because as soon as you did not feel their eyes on you in a crowded mall, you would cry. And then you turned into a teenager. (laughs) And now no one can look at you. Listen, tomorrow before you come and at dinner with your teenager, don't say anything to them. Just look at them. Just don't say anything. Just look at them. Eventually, they're going to be like, shut up. Uh, Shut up. You know, they're going to hate it. But wait, no one wants to be seen for being good. But as soon as I see some pretty girl, I'll be like, yo, girl, what you looking at? In other words, we want to be seen in a way that may not be of God. We don't want God to get in our business. But you got to realize God is looking at you not with anger, but with absolute love. And I don't like that feeling of being looked at as well. Even though people look at my show every Friday at 6.30, check your local listings, people see it. I sometimes don't want to be seen, and you're not going to believe me, so frankly, I kind of don't care, but actually, I am a very high introvert. You're like, whatever. No, it's true. It takes a lot for me to do what I'm doing right now. I prep long and hard to do what I'm doing in front of all of you. After this, I'm literally going back to my hotel room. I'm going to sit in the corner and rock in the fetal position, sucking my thumb, okay? I mean, that is how much of an introvert I am. But the reality is I feel called to this because of a saint who I met. His name is John Paul II. I met this man in a big audience hall just like this, and he started walking around and shaking hands with the people on the aisle. And I was two people away from the aisle, and I wanted to shake his hand, but the problem is there was a really tall seminarian blocking my way. So I was inspired by Zacchaeus. I call him Saint Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector who literally climbed out on a limb in the city of Jericho to see Jesus as he walked by. And he was hated because he was a tax collector, but he climbed up the tree to see because it said he was short in stature, okay? (laughs) Whatever. So anyway, I was so inspired to see the Holy Father, I climbed the seminarian, and I started to reach out to the Pope, and the Pope reaches back to me, and he goes, you need exorcism. I mean, I, but, but they, he actually pulled me in, and he stared into my eyes to the point where I knew he could see my soul. And the only thing I could say at that moment, or think of that moment, was, Please stop looking into my soul, right? Because I knew that my soul is not as beautiful as these statues and images and holy people. I am just as messed up as everybody else. And we don't want the church to be on the front page of the news, especially since a lot of it is ugly. What we've got to do, therefore, is become saints and show people the beauty of our faith. But you don't know what saints look like, which is why I'm going to teach you what a saint looks like. Come with me, Austin, come with me. Okay, not bad. And then you, young lady right there, because you're like, I'm so glad he didn't call me. You get on up here too, you get up here too. 
All right, you young man, you got to come up. I know you, yep, you, hey, yeah, and you're, you, you're the youth minister, right? You're one of the, yeah, get on up here. All right, you got to show by example. So what I want to do is you actually look excited about this. So come on up. Are you okay? Are you sick? Well, she's actually excited to be here. By the way, I am going to find people in the back because you don't think we see you. Oh, we do. Oh, we totally do. And so what I want to do is I want to call on, I want to call on, where did, oh yes, the guy who I said, I want him to come tonight, and he's like, I don't want to be your dad. Well, guess what? You are here, and you're bringing your sister. Come on up. All right. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. I want you all to come here with me into the, what are you all waiting for? Hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. Awesome. Oh, why do I pick tall people? Oh, man. Come on up. Come on into the sanctuary. All right. Come on in. Come on into the sanctuary. We're going to go to the place that makes us holy, which is why when you enter in, we are going to, from here, genuflect right knee, right, right, other, other right knee. Right knee, there there you go. Right knee, make the sign of the cross to the tabernacle. Let me explain why. Enter into the sanctuary and then turn around and show people your better side. Thank you very much. Okay, good. All right, great. Um, Here's why I had you do this. Because sometimes people don't realize that uh, Jesus is in the house. This is literally God's house. That candle right there, that little red candle, is always on except for three days of the year, the Holy Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. This light shows us that Jesus is literally in that big gold box in the presence of the Eucharist, and that's why this light shows that Motel 6 ain't got nothing on the Catholic Church. (laughs) This is his home, and therefore when we enter into the sanctuary, Our job is to pay reverence to the Eucharist, the presence of God. If we don't know where God can be found, then we can't become saints. And I'm doing that with these young people because, hey, buddy, you want to do this too? Oh, come on up. All right. (laughs) How stinking adorable is this? Oh, my gosh. Stay right here. I stinking love this church right now. This is the first time anyone's offered to come up. High five on that. So I'm telling you, but you didn't do something. You got a genuflect to the tabernacle. There you go. And that genuflect, right knee, just get down on your knee. Tebow it, not Kaepernick it. There you go. Just like that. There you go. And the reason is because I, uh, when I started doing this, there was a mission preacher, may his soul rest in peace, crusty old Irish guy. I mean, actually German. They're all the same. Uh, Father Benedict Grishel. Father Benedict Grishel. No, you can stand up now. <laughs> this kid's a mystic. All right. So, Father Benedict Grishel told me, Leo, when you start doing missions, make sure you teach people how to genuflect to the tabernacle. So many people walk by and don't even pay attention. It, you know, it's good that they can bow, but generally it's a genuflection. If they can't, then bow. But now people are so cheap, they walk by and they just kind of go like this, you know? And they said, eventually it's just going to turn into a wink at Jesus. You know? And it's true. How do you recognize sacred in your life? Hopefully you hold it and treat it with with dignity. And, And we don't have that sense anymore. If you can't recognize Jesus in a few crumbs of the Eucharist, then I can see why people don't recognize the dignity of God in a cluster of cells in a sonogram. We are missing out on understanding the sacred as something worth revering. And these people are sacred, which is why I called them up here. And now they hate me. But frankly, I don't care. Because God, with the exception of you, told me to call you. And God called you to come up here. And so what I want to do is get to know 
who they are. And by the way, every one of these kids right here, I saw at mass and I said, I'll see you at seven. And they tried to avoid my eyes. Now, not at all. What is your name? Brendan. Brendan. Austin. We know Austin, all right. What is your name, young man? Two letters, MJ. Oh, MJ, Michael J, never mind. Kayla. Kayla. Owen. Owen. Brianne. Brianne. Brianne, okay. Shelby. Shelby. Justin. Justin is one of the youth ministers here, and? Ben. And Ben. Guys, I realize that you don't like me for calling you up. But God is the one who told me to. So if you have an issue with it, talk to God, all right? <laughs> and here's why. You are here to, to show the world, if you can just back up just a little bit, so that they can see too. To show the world what saints look like. Because saints are real. And you have to know what they look like so that you can imitate them because again, if you think it enough, you will follow it. And we don't see them, but you all do know what saints look like because it's your job. When I count down three, two, one, it's gonna be your job to show us what saints look like by striking a pose. <laughs> and you are gonna show the world what it looks like to be deep in prayer. You're going to show the world what it looks like to love all people. You're going to show what it looks like just to, you're just, you're fine. You're fine. You're going to show the world what it looks like to be pure of heart. You're going to show the world what it looks like to be strong for the good things. What does it look like to be holy and in love with God? What does it look like to be a saint based on the statues that you've seen, the gestures of priests, the holy cards and the images in the Bible reading? Do you have an image in your head? You do, you do, you do good because we're all going to count to three and I invite you to go ahead and take out your phones <laughs> because this is going to be very Instagrammable. <laughs> and for old people, that means Facebook, okay? So on the count of three, they are going to strike a pose and you're going to show us what a saint looks like. You got something, MJ? You better think of one. Think of it quick because we're going to do it on the count of three. Ready? And three. Two. One. Be holy. Do it, do it, do it. Stay there, stay there. And freeze, freeze. Okay, don't move. Do not move. Let's evaluate this. We have got one altar server, two altar servers, three altar servers, four and five. The problem is he's a liberal <laughs> because he has his left thumb over his right thumb. Okay, and these guys, who was the all the altar servers right here? Right, okay, good. Two, three, okay. You guys are going only to purgatory because your hands are only halfway up, all right? She is the only one going to heaven because all fingers are pointing to God, okay? Right here, okay, right, let's see. You, what, what were you doing? What, which one were you doing? You, you were doing this too? You were, okay, are you guys, they were all doing the Blessed Mother one right here. They're like this, what's that? <laughs> I mean, okay, right here, I'm not quite sure what this is, but maybe if, uh, if like a little Pikachu is a saint, you know, I'm like, Pikachu. I mean, if that's what it is, that's fine. Okay, this, okay, MJ's got something here. Again, MJ is practicing his, 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 uh, his Tebow with a pose, all right? And so he's, he's got it going. But let me tell you, this one right here, total holiness, do what you were doing. See, look at this. Pensive or constipated, one or the other, one or the other. Okay, stop, relax, relax. You can get up, being you. This is the problem. When we think of saints, it's a little ridiculous. That was ridiculous.
I, I do this around the world. One guy goes like this. Three, two, one. He goes. <laughs> I said, uh, what is that? And he goes, it's my halo. That's what he said. <laughs> like, do you honestly think that in order for you to be holy, you've got to walk around like this, like this. Some people think you've got to skip through life being like, I love Jesus. <laughs> people, that's not holiness. That is drugs, okay? That is <laughs> drugs. So let me do something else. Get up, MJ. So let's do this. Show me what it looks like to be the opposite of a saint. Show me what it looks like to be mean. Show me what it looks like to be angry. Show me what it looks like to be stuck up. Keep it PG-13. Show me what it looks like to be violent, what it means to be bad what it means to be just a horrible person, what it shows, like a sinner. Show me what it looks like to just be not holy. Do you guys have something? You have something? Don't lie. You're in church, okay? Because you know when it's like when you're bad. Whether you're not paying attention, whether you're just kind of being lazy, show me what it looks like to be a sinner on the count of three and three be unholy. Okay, you know what's really sad? You know what's really sad? MJ here is literally just shooting at everybody. <laughs> this young man right here is either texting or he is looking up something inappropriate during the mass, okay? And then the rest of you people, you know what's really interesting? They didn't even change at all. They didn't even change at all. Because you know what? Cluelessness is a form of unholiness. We don't even know when the devil is attacking us, which is why I'm going to show you what a saint looks like. Do not let him go. For the life of you, do not let him go. All right? Hold on. Let me show you now what saints look like. And here's why. Let me shift you down this way a little bit. A lot of times people think of saints as only a noun when it actually comes from the Latin verb sancire, and that's the verb that literally means to cut, to tear apart, to separate. That's why, let's just pretend that these people here are all bad people, and they are clustered together. Birds of the feather flock together. So bad people call forth bad badness. Good people call forth goodness. And so let's just pretend they're either a clique or a gang. They both do the exact same thing. The gang will kill you. The clique will kill your reputation. I don't know which is worse. So let's just pretend they're bad and therefore they're going to hell. But don't worry, because God is going to save them. And so let's just pretend that I am God. And if you say that God is short, I am coming at you like a ninja kid. What's your name? So let's realize that my name as God is Holy, Holy, Holy. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus separated, cut away, reserved. I am not with these evil, disgusting children going to hell. But for whatever reason, and this is the mystery that I can't explain, but I think you understand this, and deep inside you know it, I love them. I love them. And I want to save them. But the problem is, I can't save them... It, as a whole. I can only save them individually. In other words, you're not going to get to heaven just because you're here tonight. You will only get to heaven if you have a personal relationship with God. You don't become a saint just because you're part of a Catholic community. No. You become a saint because you have a personal relationship with God. So I can only save them individually. And I want to save them one at a time and individually. And that begins by calling forth Ben. Ben is going to be the one 
who God is calling forth. And here is the real struggle. Ben, I need you to show me the struggle of becoming a saint. Because what you have to do is you got to break away from all of the evil. Sanctify yourself. I'm calling you, Ben. Be my saint. Ben, I'm not letting you in with all of those losers. Ain't gonna, ain't gonna happen. What are you doing? Dude, I picked you for a reason, man. You were, <laughs> picked you for a reason. Holy cow. You let him? Never mind. All right. Never mind on that. So let's show him how hard of a struggle it is to break away from evil. Because by the way, this is what your spiritual lives look like. And don't even kid yourselves. How easy is it to break away from gossip and chatter and lies and arrogance and the internet? How easy is it? Show me the struggle, Ben. That's exactly what it looks like. But here's what it really looks like. Don't let go, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go. Come with me, come with me, come with me, come with me. This is what sin really, really looks like. Now, don't let him go, don't let him go. Now, Ben, be my saint. Today. Because I'm calling, don't, yes, it's, it's not going to happen. He's actually exercising what I, not, okay, stop, because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> if you notice, he is going to have even more struggle. Because this is what sin does. It attaches and almost becomes a part of who we are to the point where we don't know how to break free. And therefore, the only way, if Ben really wants to be a saint, and he's starting by always sitting in the back row, <laughs> Ben is going to have to scream from the depth of his heart and the bottom of his soul. He is going to have to scream out, God, save me! God, save me! Oh! Hey! You guys have some Texas-sized lungs up in here. All right. And that's good, because you need it with all the noise. And therefore, God does hear the cries of the poor, even when the cries sound like a young man's voice changing. All right. And therefore, God is going to answer your prayer, Ben, with the greatest gift God can give to you. And what is the greatest gift God can give to you, Ben? I will tell you. Christmas. Because in Christmas, God the Almighty comes into this earth. By the way, our Jewish brothers and sisters are still waiting for their Christmas. And our Muslim brothers and sisters don't want Christmas. Because they think that if God comes into this earth, God will become like us and God will become automatically weak because humans are weak. And therefore, when God in Christmas came into our world, he came up to all of these horrible people and said, hello, my name is Jesus, and I know you're not going to take me seriously because I'm a baby, and I've got a diaper on, but I have the power of God even in my hair follicles, which is why only God, only me, who is God, can truly, can truly cut sin away, only me. I, God, am the only one who can sanctify Ben from you pathetic, wretched people going to hell. <laughs> and I am the only one who can now make Ben into a saint, cut away from sin, and now religious. And why? Because the word religion comes from two Latin etymologies, either religare, where we get relegate, give something up, like you give money to the poor, 
time to pray, give up your sins in confession, or it could be religere, which means to be bound together. Like me, I am a religious Baltimore Ravens fan. <laughs> Shut up, I'm God, people, all right? I mean, so just whatever, no. But because I'm a religious fan, I am bound to that team. Like if you're a religious soap opera fan, first you need psychotherapy, but you are bound to your shows. So really, look at Ben. Look how happy he looks right now, but that's not, because it's not that easy. Let me show you how hard it is, and let's talk about a man who sanctified himself. His name is Aaron Ralston. He was just a typical dude hiking through these mountains, Utah, some granola-loving place, and he actually just fell through a crevice, and a big rock crushed his arm, and he was stuck there, and the only way that he could survive is if he cut off his arm sanctified the dead parts, cut away the sin in his life. And I don't think he even had a sharp knife. I think he had a spork from Kentucky Fried Chicken or something. <laughs> because it shows that if you're going to be a saint, you can't be a wimp. You got to be willing to do the tough things. And the scriptures are even clear. If it is your hand that causes you to sin, then cut it off, because it's better to go to heaven with only one hand than to go to hell with both. If it is your eye that causes you to sin, pluck it out, because it's better to go to heaven with only one eyeball than to go to hell with both. If it is your tongue that causes you to sin, then... Go to hell with it. So really, what does Satan look like? A one-handed, one-eyed mute man, all right? But really, if Ben is a saint and now he's in heaven, does he look down on all his friends, quote-unquote, and say, you're going to hell? No. What would a saint from heaven do? Pray for them? Great. But you know what? I'm so sick and tired of people only praying in their faith. You've got to actually get those hands unfolded and reach out and touch. Reach, reach out and... That's right. Now, now you're starting to see the makings of a saint. They unfold their hands and reach out. That's it. And this is what it looks like. If God believes that his love for his pathetic, wretched, sin-bound friends is sincere, then God will answer the prayers of a saint and God will allow the saint to reach out. But before he gets any reaction from his pathetic friends going to hell, Ben has to do a good job of reaching out to them. So Ben, show us what it looks like that you're trying to... Uh, no, 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 wait, I'm not going back down there. <laughs> Just from here, show me what it looks like that you're going to... Okay, stop right here. Look at this. He is stretching himself. He is allowing himself to be exposed and vulnerable. He's not grabbing people. Like, do you know families, when you try to grab your children into church, they resist you? Don't do it. Offer them something. Buy them dinner. <laughs> Just like the prodigal son's dad always had his hands out, reaching out, and if your invitation to know Jesus is good, think about that. If you're good at inviting people to know Jesus, then maybe, maybe, his friend might not give a hand, but might give him a finger. Just, yes, the good finger, that is, all right? Good. And look, check this out. At this point, now we are starting to see, bam, right here. This is kind of what a saint looks like. People, Snapchat this, all right? Because now, look at this. Doesn't this look like E.T.? 
And you know where Spielberg got it from? The Sistine Chapel. Where just the finger of God can give life to the world. But Jesus gives us more than a finger. He gives to us... He gives to us his body, blood, soul, and divinity. And only if this invitation is done well, God allows the saint to make that connection and stop right here. Now this is what a saint looks like. What does Ben become? A bridge between God and evil. And by the way, remember when I said bridge is so important in fighting a battle? Remember that at the beginning? What do we call bridge in Latin? Pontiff. It's the same word to describe the Pope. Holy Roman Pontiff. The great bridge builder. And this is why the Holy Father is reaching out not just to good Catholics, he's also reaching out to bad Catholics. And even anyone who don't identify as Catholics. And guess what? At this point, if the bridge is strong, which also requires flexibility if you know anything about engineering, then guess what happens? Now God and his saint literally turned this pathetic wretch of cliquish evil people into a communion of saints. And they look exactly the same, do they not? With one exception. Emmanuel. Christmas. God is with us. Now at this stage, I think these saints did an amazing job and therefore need to take a bow and we give them a round of applause. Awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome, awesome, MJ. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You go back to your seats and all wait, 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 wait. There you go. And that's what helps them to become saints. You all thought that I was literally going to perform an exorcism or something on them, right? Yeah. When the Holy Father stared at me, he looked into my soul. And I had to be vulnerable. You do realize where you find saints. In the confessional. You find saints in the confession because there you experience the truth of who you are. And the truth sets you free. You do not have the power to cut sin out of your life. But God does. It just requires us to scream out just like Saint Ben did. God, save me. When the Holy Father pulled me in, he looked into my eyes, and then he said these words. Be a good priest. Be a good priest. And the only thing I could think of that moment was to say, okay. <laughs> and sometimes I wonder if I'm a good priest. But sometimes don't you wonder if you're a good Christian? And sometimes I even ask you, do you realize how beautiful you are? You know, these kids, kids, they had to try to be saints like they see in statues. And there's one incredibly beautiful statue of holiness. It's called the Pieta. Have you heard of that? Michelangelo, the mother holding the child dead Jesus the 13th station of the cross. But that is a beautiful statue which the Scuola Fabrica, who are the interior designers of the Vatican, said, that statue, Michelangelo, che bruta! It is ugly. Ugly? How could that statue be ugly? Well, they said, the proportions are incorrect. And it's true. The proportions are wrong. Mary's humongous, and Jesus looks like a stick figure. But Michelangelo said, because you're looking at it incorrectly, you are looking down. Put it on a pedestal, and you will see a different perspective. And it's true. On a pedestal, it looks amazing. That's hint for all of us. Please stop looking down at people. Hold them to a higher standard. And even if they are broken, you see them in a different light. 
if you hold them up to the light of Christ. And then when you do, and you see the face of Mary more clearly, which is why it's called la pieta, which means either pity or piety. And that face is beautiful. But the Scuola Fabrica said, no, that face of Mary, it is ugly. Ugly? How can it be ugly? And they said, because Mary looks like she's a teenager. You have to make her look older. If you want to make it real, make her older. She had to be at least 45 years old. Make her older. And Michelangelo said either one of two things. He either said, no, Mary is without sin. And therefore she will always look like a child of God. Which is true. Remember, when you were children, you were so beautiful. And then we got older and then we put stuff on us and it's not even true. And what do we become? You don't even recognize yourself some days in the mirror. But Michelangelo said another story perhaps and he said, ah, that face is young because it is the face of my mother who died at a young age. And therefore the only face I can put on the blessed mother is the face of my blessed mother who gave me life. And because all the Italians are mama's boys, they were all like, it is a beautiful statue, que bello. <laughs> and that's why tomorrow we're going to talk about Mary and how you can be beautiful. Hey, but here's the thing though. After Michelangelo's statue finally became beautiful, they asked him, how do you make something so beautiful out of a big rock? And Michelangelo said, it is easy. I just simply take away the parts that don't belong. That's for you and me. I want you to just join me in a little prayer. You can kneel or you can stay seated. I want you just to right now <clears throat> focus on Jesus in the cross and see how in this sign we have victory because sometimes we don't see God and he stands in front of us and says look I have turned myself into a target I have made myself as vulnerable on the cross as I made myself vulnerable when I became a baby and I am reaching out to the sinners on the left as the sinners on the right. And our job tonight was simply on taking saints seriously. They are beautiful. They allow themselves to be seen for their goodness and their relationship to Jesus. Saints do not live in a little white tower and look down on people. They know instead reach out and bring the best out of people. Just like St. Ben screaming, God save me. Where does he save you? But in the confessional. Saves us from our sins. When was the last time we've asked God to take away the parts that don't belong? whether it be gossip or scandal, some salacious sin, whether it be laziness, whether it be arrogance or looking down at others, or being cheap and not generous, whether it be talking about people behind their back or lying or stealing, there are so many things that literally make us so ugly we don't want God to look at us. But God looks at you with love as if you are the apple of his eye. Today, Lord, help me, help us to be beautiful. Look into our souls and help us not to be afraid. Give us the courage to scream out and when we feel like we are being saved, help us to reach out. And help us, Lord, do not be afraid to cut out the things that don't belong. And help us not to be afraid to be bound, religious, and to give things up, religare. 
Teach us, Lord, how when we make the sign of the cross and we actually make it a prayer, it is the most transforming prayer we have. For in you we live and move and have our being. And we ask this prayer, asking the Lord to inspire others to holiness. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.